Welcome to another episode of the Giant Take Podcast. I am Josh, and I am right now not joined by my co-host, Alex, but he will be here soon enough because, as you can tell from the title, it is time for our New York Giants mock draft, or the seven-round mock draft 3.0. That's what's coming out in today's episode. In a couple of minutes, just wanted to get a quick intro in here. Um, Happy, I guess... Easter, if you celebrated it, um, because I know this episode will be coming out Monday morning, but I am recording uh, Sunday night on Easter Sunday, so um, happy Easter to anyone who did celebrate. There's not really much Giants news happening right now, uh, but I guess I can just talk about one topic or two topics. Um, I did a video on the Giant Take YouTube channel that you can check out uh, about what if the Giants don't draft an offensive lineman in the first round at picks five or seven, assuming they don't trade out or trade up. You never know. But I just think it's a big deal, and they really need to hit on a guy at five or seven, one of the the top three, meaning, you know, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, or Iki Aquanu, because those guys are going to help shape your future on the offensive line and especially give you a starting right tackle right now. If you take someone like Sauce Gardner at five or seven or Kyle Hamilton or one of the edges if Walker falls that low or if uh, Thibodeau falls that low, then you take them. But you have to take an off. It can't like I if you take Thibodeau and Gardner, I'll be happy with the guys we're getting. But I think you really miss out on one of these good offensive tackles, if not great offensive tackles when they come into the NFL, because these tier one top three guys can be very, very, very good. So it's exciting stuff uh heading into draft season heading into draft time i'm ready for it um and we're ready for it here to cover it for you here on the giant take podcast and we're coming closer and closer to draft time 10 days away i believe um so we're we're super hyped and we got a bunch of content for you here on the on our social media platforms on you know talking blues pod on twitter and uh tiktok the giant take podcast on instagram and facebook uh, yeah, so the giant take pod, right. You can follow me on Twitter at Josh Rollo 29, Alex on Twitter at Anorin23, and yeah, the YouTube channel, um, and, um, all the podcast platforms for, you know, longer content. But there's that. And then I talk about Sauce Gardner, um, and Kyle Hamilton. Those guys would be backups probably coming into this team. Well, now, now, not with your real peppers. I don't know. He could be a starter. Um, Kyle Hamilton, but Gardner would probably be a backup or the second string, you know, behind or James Bradbury or Dory Jackson. The thing is, though, the the big deal here is James Bradbury was supposedly going to get cut, right? We we thought something was going to happen when he had that contract restructuring. Um, however, it was a while ago, uh, and you know that 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 day, um, a few days ago when, oh. Uh, James Bradbury, you know, he signs a contract extension at five o'clock. So if the Giants are going to do something, you know, he doesn't get this money if we sign or trade him or cut him. The Giants end up doing absolutely nothing. And what happens? Bradbury stays on this roster. As we get closer and closer to the draft, because the Giants are going to have to take uh, these guys that they they get in the draft, that they draft, um, and also the undrafted free agents are gonna have to sign them to contracts now they're not going to be that much money but there's a lot of guys here the giants have a good amount of picks two first round picks right two first round top 10 picks so those are two big contracts and as 
we wait longer and longer for James Bradbury to see if a team trades with him for him. Honestly, it's looking closer to the New York Giants having to cut James Bradbury. The closer we get to the draft, the days go by 11, 10, 9, 8, 7. By the seven-day mark, by the week mark to the draft, that's when it really becomes crunch time with James Bradbury and his contract. That last week, if he isn't traded by then, I think the Giants might have to not risk waiting till the end and cut him. I think it's either maybe a trade happens like on draft day, they get something done. I don't know. But it's it's a really big deal with James Bradbury and his contract. And, you know, the Giants are not in the best cap scenario, uh, you know, cap space scenario in the NFL, in the, in the league. And it's one of the worst in the league, to be honest, right? Dave Gettleman put us in cap hell. And we know this. We talked about this. So. And that's something to definitely take into consideration. But I don't know why I got so negative and I felt like I'm like dragging myself down here. We got an exciting episode for you. So yes, New York Giants, seven round, mock draft, 3.0. This one's with trades. I believe one and two were not with trades. We got a good amount of, not a good amount of trades, but we got trades um, in this one. So enjoy, um, enjoy the New York Giants seven round mock draft. Let's go. Round one, pick five, no trades here. Offensive tackle, we've known his name before. Probably the number one offensive tackle in this draft class, Evan Neal out of Alabama. Height, six foot seven and weighs about 350 pounds. Alex, what do you got on Mr. Neal? Yeah, I mean, he's just a mammoth of a man. Uh, He's an athletic freak and he's overall pretty polished in pass and run protection. Um, and you know, for a couple of his cons, balance is definitely the big concern with him. Uh, but in all, all in all, he's a solid tackle and definitely projects to be an elite, uh, offensive tackle at the NFL level. Not going to go on and on about him. Cause I'm sure pretty much everyone knows a lot about Evan Neal, but I was happy to see him available at number five. And with that, we already do it. Ding, ding, ding. Trade alerts. The Pittsburgh Steelers trade down and get. The 2022 trade up and get the 2022 seventh pick in this year's NFL draft. Round one, seventh pick, probably for a quarterback, you would think, right? The Giants receive the 20th pick in the first round, the 52nd pick in the second round, and also a 2023 first round pick. Drop your thoughts on that one in the comments what you think of that trade but that's what we have here coming from the Pittsburgh Steelers so with that what happens now well the Giants next pick is pick number 20 and I'm ready to get into it Alex when you are let's I think we could just go right now why not uh round one pick 20 cornerback Kair Alam Florida six foot one 191 pounds yeah, uh, Elam, he's an interesting one. Uh, obviously, Sauce Gardner was available at the 
uh, at seven before the Giants traded down, which I will I will let you know that. But you kind of get a similar type of guy in terms of athleticism. You got almost similar height, similar size. He's got good length. He's got good speed and athleticism like Sauce Gardner. I'm not saying he's a, at, at that level, but he's certainly a solid, solid uh, man coverage corner, and that's really what he does well. And he, you know, he can get the job done in zone. Definitely needs to be polished up a little bit at the NFL level. But, uh, you know, really like Kyrie Elam. And I think he's definitely kind of an underrated corner in this class. Uh, A couple of cons with him. Sometimes he's a little bit over aggressive. Hopefully that doesn't uh, come to bite him in the back in the NFL. And he does seem a bit disinterested in the run game. And that's definitely a concern uh, because obviously corners, uh, you know, are getting more and more vital in the run game. Uh, as you know, there's different schemes uh, going on towards the outside and you need those corners to be able to tackle. So we have another trade here. The next trade is with the Kansas City Chiefs. So the Chiefs are going to receive the 2022 second round, our uh, 36 pick, a third round pick in 2023, and also a fifth round pick in 2023. I'm sure Alex will project it on the screen so you can kind of get a visualization of uh, the pick or maybe or the picks or if you're listening to this, then Hopefully you got that from what I just said. The Giants then received 2022 first round pick number 30 in this year's NFL draft. And now, so they picked two guys in this first round already. They're going to go to pick number 30 here and end up taking another offensive lineman. This time it's an interior offensive lineman. And we've heard this name before. Kenyon Green from Texas A&M. He's six foot four and 323 pounds. Yeah, for this trade, I thought it was critical to move up. Uh, Obviously, at 31 is the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think are 95% going to take an interior offensive lineman. Uh, At this point, uh, you know, I saw Zion. At this point, Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green were both on the board. I think Kenyon Green, I was shocked to see, was still on the board. Uh, And I saw him, and I assumed the Bengals would take him, and I wanted to snatch him up. Um and moving up six spots didn't cost a lot, only a third and a fifth. And I think it's a good move for the Giants. You obviously get the fifth-year option as well in that late first rounder. Uh, he's a great run blocker. He's got great physicality. He's a real tough, uh, tough offensive lineman. That's something uh, that you definitely can't say he's not. In terms of what he's not exactly the best at, he's not the like a freak athlete. What I will say is he's a better athlete than what he tested at the Combine. That's certainly true. Uh, and I think pretty much anyone that's seen his film will tell you that um, his balance is somewhat of an issue as well, uh, especially if he does end up playing tackle at the next level, which I don't think he will. I think he is projected to be a guard, uh, but obviously he played all four slots uh, at Texas A&M. So certainly versatile there and his pass pro technique definitely needs some polishing in the NFL as well. Uh, hands, feet, etc. Um, but in the run blocking department, he's NFL ready. And I think he's certainly the best guard in this class. Moving on, the Giants now don't have pick 36 anymore. Remember, they traded that one away, but they still do have a second-round pick, and that is the 52nd pick in this 2022 NFL Draft. They're going to select a defensive guy, linebacker Quay Walker out of Georgia. A lot of Georgia guys on defense going in this draft. We know another name. It's probably going in the top five, if not top three. Height, six foot four, weight, 323 pounds. He's not 323 pounds. I think he's 241, by the way, uh, just making sure. I think I'm, I might have mistyped it there, Josh. Sorry about that. But um, in terms of what he does well, he is a freak athlete. He's quick 
and he's got good long distance speed as well. He's a great tackler. He's the best tackler on that Georgia defense. And that's saying something when you have guys like Jordan Davis, Trayvon Walker, like you mentioned, Nicobe Dean, he's a better tackler than Nicobe Dean. Maybe he doesn't have the instincts of Nicobe Dean, but I think as a guy who you can develop, I think he is the highest upside linebacker in this class. Um, a couple things on the negative side of things for Koi Walker, his play strength, uh, you know, does kind of leave something to be desired so that hopefully he can bulk up a little bit at the NFL level and his change of direction, uh, which obviously is important at the linebacker position could be better as well. But Quay Walker really like him and hopefully uh, he can, you know, develop nicely. And he's definitely a developmental piece, kind of similar to Trayvon Walker. He's definitely not a, a finished product, but I think he has a lot of upside. Now, moving on to round three, got a couple picks here. Round three, pick 67. Giants go safety. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Joseph coming into this draft. He's six foot one, 200 pounds. Yeah, so Joseph is an interesting one. I kind of came across him while doing research for this mock draft. He played a bit of corner, a bit of safety in high school. He was a wide receiver uh, and also a defensive back. So he kind of played two ways. And he, because of that, he's got good speed. I don't think he's a freak athlete, but he's certainly a good athlete. And he, if you look at his tape, he's someone who I'm kind of enamored with, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, he's great in run defense. He's a great blitzer as well. Uh, he really gets to the quarterback quite often. Uh, so that's something that's always a positive thing for, uh, you know, a deep lying safety. He could play, he can play in the box. He can also play, uh, you know, single high. So those are two things that are both very important in the NFL and he could do both of them. He's got great instincts and coverage. Uh, that's also important. He's a ball hawk. He gets interceptions. You see that throughout his film. His cons, this last season was really his breakout season. He really only played two games before this season. Uh, so that's something to be uh, considered. But he's definitely a really big project, right? He just switched over to defensive back on a full-time basis. Uh, and I think you could do a lot with him. With his height, he could possibly play outside corner if you developed him that way. He could play slot. He could play deep-lying safety. He could play in the box safety. And I think he just brings so much flexibility uh, and I think he's going to go a lot higher than people think. I think he's going to go second round, late second round, but he was here early third, uh, and I thought I had to take him. We now move on to the next guy on this list. That's round three, pick 81, running back James Cook from Georgia. I believe he's been taken before in our mock drafts. He's 5'11", 190 pounds, um, and is the brother of Dalvin Cook. So another little note there. Yeah, uh, James Cook, a guy who's been mocked to the Giants a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, you see that they brought him in for one of the top 30 visits, which I think shows a lot of interest. W with James Cook, he's got elite acceleration. He's versatile. He can do it in the passing game. He can do it in the running game. But he definitely doesn't have the vision of an elite running back, and, and pass protection is something that's going to need to be improved in the NFL. Otherwise, there's going to be some big problems for James Cook. But I think he has a lot of upside as well. But uh, the vision, which is, you know, not always the easiest thing to improve, uh, definitely leaves something to be desired. So that's that's concerning with James Cook. But I think, uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of mileage on him. So I think that's always a good thing as well. We've gone some other tight ends in these later round spots here, but uh, or we've gone basically one other tight end, but we're switching it up now. Round four, pick 112. Our next pick here, tight end. Jeremy Ruckert out of Ohio State. You've heard this name before. I believe he participated in the NFL Combine, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, and then he is coming in at six five, tall guy uh, to throw the ball, throw the ball to a lot of areas. I'm sure you can catch it. And then 252 pounds. Yeah, um, you know he's kind of your all around jack of all traits tight end. He's a good blocker. You know he's decent uh, pass catcher. He's got good hands and a great catch radius. Uh, in terms of route running, that's something where he really didn't get a lot of chances at Ohio State. They don't really use their tight ends. Um, unfortunately, so we don't really have a great sense of what he can be, but I think he has all the physical tools, all the traits to be a very solid tight end in the NFL. Um, but unfortunately it's just the limited production that we saw in college is really bringing him down the boards and also his lack of athleticism. He's no athletics freak like Jelani Woods, who we've had mocked in the last couple mock drafts to the giants, but I think he's a safer option with a higher floor. And obviously we took him earlier here in the fourth round. And now moving on to round five here, we got another couple picks in this round as well. Pick 147, wide receiver, Kevin Austin Jr., Notre Dame. Giants in this draft are addressing all of the needs, basically, at uh, every position. They go with Austin here again, six foot, not again, but six foot two is his height and he's 209 pounds. Yeah, I mean, this guy's a powerful runner. He's, you know, he's got great size. He's athletic. Uh, he's quick for sure. He ran a four four three forty, um, and he really, you know, had a very good last year for Notre Dame in twenty twenty one. And you know, I think he's kind of a developmental guy for sure. He's more of a special teamer, and that's kind of what you're looking at in the fifth round, unfortunately. But uh, I think his athletic traits definitely give him some upside. Injuries are a concern with him. He had two very bad injuries in college, so that also drove him down the draft board. And his route running is just not up to par. Uh, and that's also concerning, but I think you take a chance on a guy like Kevin Austin later in the, in the draft fifth round day three, uh, and you hope he can make some, uh, you can make something of him. We now go to the next player and I'm going to mispronounce this name, no matter how hard I try round five, pick 173 edge. Uh, um, six foot six, 319 pounds. I tried my best. Yeah. He's an interesting one. Cause he doesn't even strike me as an edge rusher. He's more of an interior guy, but I mean, he's big, he's physical. He's got strength. He's got strong hands, strong punches. He's got great upper body strength. It's really with him is the lack of athleticism. Bend is not even like, it's kind of non-existent. Um, and he just doesn't really shed blocks at a high rate in the run game. So that's a little bit concerning, but I wouldn't say he's really a developmental guy. I don't think he really has much upside, but I do think he can come in, kind of do a job for you. Hopefully if he can set the edge a little bit better at the NFL level due to his size, I think he could maybe bring him around, you know, flex him inside. I think you have some options here, uh, for, I'm not going to say his name again. I'm sorry. Uh, cause I really don't want to like get it wrong and offend anyone. But, uh, you know, for Iowa State, he was solid. He got, uh, yeah, I'm just going to put it on you. He was solid for Iowa State. He definitely had some production, but not as much uh, as someone his size usually does. I think it might just be Eureka, honestly, because I think the the W and Z might be silent, but I don't know for sure. I think it's Eureka. Um, And then we move on to, I believe, the final pick in this mock draft for the New York Giants. Round six, pick 182, defensive tackle Noah Ellis. From Idaho, six foot four, three hundred forty-six pounds. Yeah, this guy's a—he's a big man for sure. He's got strength. He's got size. 
And that's really where it ends with him, <laughs> if we're being completely honest. Um, he doesn't really have a pass rush. He's not exactly great in the run game. His technique and run and pass is just not there. He really has just got the size, the strength, the physical tools. He's quicker than he tests. I believe he ran a 5.66 six, six or something like that uh, on his pro day. But it, he runs a little bit faster on tape, a little bit. He's n- he's nothing special, but you know you can get a nose tackle, and I think he could do a job for you. Um, you know, getting him in the sixth round, Giants need a, a nose tackle for sure. You know, they brought one in in free agency, but you can bring in another guy to back him up. And I think Ellis is kind of a nice practice squad guy if you can keep him on, uh, and maybe if he impresses in training camp, and you can really help him with his technique. He's uh he's a, uh, a part of the fifty three man roster, but th- at this point, you're just looking and hopefully taking shots on upside. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.